Welcome to the People Doing Good podcast. I'm Mariah Volk. And I'm Jerry Robinson. How are you doing, Jerry? You know what? I'm doing really good. I'm excited today because uh, I get a chance and opportunity to talk about a good friend of mine that a lot of people don't know a whole lot about. It's, oh. it, it's, it, it's a person that they hear her voice and they might see her face, but they really don't know all the things that she's accomplished as a young lady. This person I'm talking about is the voice that you hear on the other side of this People Doing Good podcast, Mariah Volk. That's V-O-L-K for everybody. <laughs> and I just want to let y'all know that besides the outstanding job and the wonderful things that she does in the community, and um, there is more to her than just that. And I just like to share some of those things with you. You know, I just want people to know, number one, that Mariah was one of the most decorated athletes in Sonoma County. Basketball, soccer, softball, All-American. Oh, what I really like was when you were nominated for Best Athlete of the Year. And to me, that's really exciting because people that don't know where Santa Rosa is and where Sebastopol is and where Hillsburg is, which is the high school you went to, was Hillsburg High School. It's a small community. And to be nominated <laughs> as Athlete of the Year, and, and to top it off, she's in the Hillsburg High School Sports Hall of Fame. Now, Mariah, let me ask you a question. What was it like that day that you were inducted into the Hall of Fame? Oh, that was awesome. You know, I remember getting a, a call from Hillsburg High School, like Hillsburg High School calling me. And I'm like, mm -hmm. it's been some time. Did I forget to return a library book or, you know, just like, <laughs> yeah. you know it's been a while since I went there. But I got a call from the school letting me know that I had been nominated and then I was going to be inducted and it was awesome my parents were there and my coach Harry Tappan was also inducted in 2013 the same at the same time I was inducted and it was you know there were probably six different people inducted that evening and I was by far the youngest person there um, these older gentlemen you know who were graduates in like the 50s and 60s and um they the first guy got up and he said i heard there's a girl in here that has 12 varsity letters did you stand up and you know he kind of pointed me out and he said that's way more than i got you know it was really sweet it was i was very honored and it was a really really great night and an amazing honor to have and to have that plaque here at my house and my boys can see that you know mama did something oh <laughs> you've done a lot of things you know What's amazing about that, you know, there are, there are a lot of athletes that go through high school and even through college, but we're talking about high school right now, that, you know, they're outstanding in one sport. I mean, they dominate a particular sport. But Mariah, you were dominating three sports. And you got a scholarship to Cal Poly San Luis Obispo, the Mustangs. I don't know why I remember that, the Mustangs mascot. And right. it's, it's just amazing. I just want to tell you, you know, I don't know if I've told you this before, but if I did, I'm going to tell you again, you know, I'm really proud of you. And I know how hard it is when you're coming from a small community like Hillsburg, a small city like Hillsburg, to get that recognition statewide to be nominated for Athlete of the Year and to be an All-American and 
to earn a, a, a basketball scholarship. I'm very proud of you. Congratulations for that, because people just Thank people just you. don't know. You know, I'm gonna Thanks, start talking. Gary. No, you can. I want to. I want to tell you something though. You know who won State Athlete of the Year that year that I was on the nominee list? It was Marion Jones, and oh, Marion really? Jones went on to be. Yeah, really? she was a sprinter, but she ended up, you know, obviously getting in trouble for doing some doping. So I think we should have a recall. <laughs> I'm just yeah. kidding. No, just to be mentioned um, in the same sentence as Marion Jones is is quite awesome. We played against her in basketball as well. She was a great basketball player. She was so fast, you just couldn't. She'd get a rebound and be three or four strides down at the other end, making a layup. You know. <laughs> Can't really guard that. Oh my God! You know, um, so t the, your career, your your experience in college, okay, mm -hmm. in Cal Poly, okay. How was that? What was that about? How how was it? I know what it was about, but what was what was it like? Well, I was there during the transition from D two to D one. So when I went in my freshman year, the first year was D two. Um, and, you know, we were we were all right. 50-50, um, you know, 500 record. Um, the girls were great. We had a lot of great camaraderie on that team. Um, and the shift to D1 was quite dramatic. A little D1 ball, you know, it's, it's a whole lot different. Um, but I spent the summer between my freshman and sophomore years. I went to Stanford and I worked under Tara Vanderveer at her camps. And at night, when we would, the kids would go to bed, staying in the dorms, all of the coaches, uh, the coaches of the, the kids at the camp would get together on the Stanford court and scrimmage each other. And this was the Stanford women's and men's teams. And it was a mixed scrimmage. So I was playing like, you know, if you switch on a pick, you suddenly look and you're guarding like this 6'5 dude. Um, but scrimmaging with them every night through that summer was just an awesome experience. That Stanford team was prime. Well, it's a legendary coach, and I tell you what, that that had to be exciting. I mean, you know, like you said, switching on a switching, and all of a sudden there's a uh, someone that's running into you, probably 100, 150 pounds heavier for sure. You <laughs> yeah, know, that had to be something. But right, let me ask you a question: While you were in high school, um, did y'all go to any state tournaments? We went twice. We we made it my sophomore and junior year to the state championship. My sophomore year, we played at the Oakland Coliseum and we played against what was then the number one girls basketball team in the nation. And we were from Healdsburg. And as you mentioned, you know, Healdsburg is a lot different now than it was, but it was a small little country town back then. Um, some money has since wandered in and changed things. But um so we played in the Oakland Coliseum on that floor, on that court, which was just wow. amazing. You feel so small. And, you know, before we played, I actually, there was a, a small press conference and Jason Kidd was walking out of his press conference interview to the snack area when we were walking in. <laughs> of course, I had to run up to him and introduce myself. <laughs> you know, I want to meet Jason Kidd. He was a phenomenon back then. But we played against a team that first year um, called Palos Verdes. And like I said, they had their, they were number one in the nation. Their, their first six players were pre-signed division one wow. signed early. And they're their, They had two, they were called the twin towers. Their two uh, post players were twins and they were six, four and just big girls. They were so good. So we got pretty much killed that game, but we were, we were in the Oakland Coliseum, whatever, you know, 
Um, and then my junior year, we went, we made it to the state championship. We played in Arco Arena, um, which is now not what it's called, you know, where the yeah, Warriors no. play, I tell my children. Um, but we played against Bray Linda, and we, it was a two-point game. It was very, very close. And I ended up going to Cal Poly with one of the girls that we played against in that Bray Linda game, and we became really good friends. So that was you know, awesome. The, the, you know what? That right there is that it's those memories that uh, that excites me too because I get a chance to go back and reflect upon some things. And I can, I can see the smile on your face. Our our listeners cannot they cannot but trust me. There's a smile on your face, and you it's like you've gone back into into a time zone, and yes. uh, <laughs> it's very exciting. Uh, so, Mariah, let me ask you this: mm-hmm. while you were at Cal Poly. Mm-hmm. Okay. You got your degree from Cal Poly in what? Well, I didn't get my degree from Cal Poly. I retired oh, early. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So okay. I ended up going, I decided to give up the basketball at one point because Why? I wanted to do something different. I wanted to find a different side of myself. So I started doing theater. I tried out for a Cal Poly production and I got a part in a play. And then I tried out for the Wizard of Oz and I got the part of Glenda the Good Witch. Like I wore a big blonde curly wig and a and a hot pink um, prom dress with the wands, you know, Glenda yeah, the Good no. Witch. And after I did the Wizard of Oz, I was like, you know, I'm not going to be defined fully just by being an athlete in my life. I want to try to do something else and prove to myself that I can do something else. There's more to me. And so I packed it up my senior year and people were like, Mariah, finish your degree. You're almost there. Finish. And I said, no, you know, I feel like I'm taking up someone else's seat in this classroom because people want to go to Cal Poly. They want to get in. And I wasn't absorbing the education at that point. My, my heart and my head weren't in it. So for me, it was the right thing to do. And I'll tell you something, Jerry, I never regretted it. And I never went back and said, damn, I wish I hadn't done that. I I moved to Hollywood. I got an agent. um, And wow, what an experience. Definitely, I'm I'm glad it didn't work out because it wasn't for me. I I just, it wasn't for me. It wasn't for you. So, So, wow, that's amazing. I mean, most people have regrets and you don't about that decision that you made. You know, now, now when you got out of school, I mean, I know Hollywood and did you, did you travel mm-hmm. to other places besides just after Hollywood? School. Yeah, yeah, after school, yeah, like abroad school. or anything? Yes, I did. Jerry, I lived right around the year 2000. I started feeling like my I had friends were starting to get married and start families. And I just wasn't on that page at that point. It wasn't, that wasn't my goal or where my head was at that point. I wanted to get out of the U.S. and experience living in other places. So I moved first to the Yucatan and I lived in Playa del Carmen, which was cool. I went to work at a resort there and just lived on the beach. And um, it's not very expensive down there. It wasn't then. It's changed quite a bit because Cancun has expanded and Playa del Carmen is now mostly tourists. But at the time it was more similar to Tulum. It was a little more laid back, but I went to Playa del Carmen and then I went and moved to London, England. And in London, I was managing a, a restaurant and nightclub in Southwest London, Fulham. Uh-oh. And that was okay. very nice. Yeah. And after London, I wanted to go somewhere warm. And so I, I took the train actually with my brother and my mom from Paris 
down through the south of France into Spain. And we were planning on going longer on that trip. And when we got into Barcelona, we spent two nights and my mom and my brother were going to get on the train the next day. And I said, you know what? I think I'm going to stay here. I, I like it here. I feel like I need to be here. You know, just the gypsy hippie mind that I had at that time. And, <laughs> and I actually was meant to be there because I ended up meeting the father of my children in Barcelona. He was also from the U.S., from Tennessee, and he was running pub crawls. And I went and worked with him on these pub crawls. And then next thing you know, uh, I've got a baby in my belly. The rest is history, huh? <laughs> yes. So we stayed two years in Barcelona. Well, I stayed, no, it was, it was less than two. Closer to a year and a half in Barcelona and then left when um, I needed to come home to have the baby. Mm-hmm. So, now, was, so now, so now, through your travels, I mean, you know, you've gone from mm-hmm. Hillsburg to Hollywood to London to Paris, Spain. Mm-hmm. If you could live anywhere hmm. in the world, Cherry, that's so hard, Cherry. Ugh. But you can handle it, though, Mariah. Anywhere? Yeah. <sighs> Give you two places, okay? How about that? Mm, I really loved Barcelona. Um, but there's something about, I don't know, I think, I think you know where George Clooney lives in Italy? Like, like Italy. Como? Yeah. I think, I think that's where I would want to go. I haven't been there before. But I would commit to a retirement there if that was awful. Oh, yeah. So, so would I. So would I. You know what? I had a chance to go to uh, Barcelona, and I really, truly loved Barcelona. It was uh, mm-hmm. during the NFL experience. And it was just because where you're located, I mean, that you can be in a different country. You know what I mean? You can just, there's it, it, so many different things to do, and the people were so friendly. And I just had a, I had an awesome time. So I can understand Barcelona, too. Mm-hmm. I, I love the, all the old, the historical churches. Oh, my gosh. I spent some time in those churches just, you know, absorbing the history. And then the beach was great. The sangria, the food it was really great. <laughs> I'll be yeah. <laughs> okay, then. You know, speaking of food, now, now I hear you. You're a pretty good chef. Well, I wouldn't say chef. Okay. It depends on who you ask. I feel like my kids are getting a little spoiled. They they rank my meals from like one to ten. And, oh really? You know, truffle mac and cheese, this and that. And Levi's like, eh, it's a seven. Like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let me ask you this What is your go to dish? If you had to, is there one of your favorites that you would did you prepare for your family? I, I really honestly, you know, I'm supposed to, you know, I'm mean, actually I'm going to answer that because there's so many different things you're supposed to have a go to, but I'm not actually a chef. But I like to cook so many different types of food and styles and um, from different cultures. But my, I love to make a gazpacho. Um, but not the pureed gazpacho like they do in Spain. I do like a chunky summer when all the produce is super ripe in the summer and the tomatoes uh-huh. are ripe and the cucumbers. I like a nice chilled gazpacho on a on a hot day with maybe a couple prawns on top. Ooh, wow! So. You're making me hungry. And like homemade croutons, a couple of those. That would be well. We're gonna say that's my go-to dish. Okay. All right. Well, you know what? We need. We you know we're over here waiting for that invitation for dinner. Anytime. I know how. <laughs> I know it's how busy. for the sponsor right now. Oh I, well, you know what? But you know, it's never too cold for something that's really good. 
Yeah, that's true. Good flavor. You know Throw sure. a, a few logs in the fire or a few dirt flames, whatever, wood, dirt flames. Don't Turn up the heater real high. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, plug it into the wall. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You, you know, uh, <laughs> for those, those that are listening to the um, conversation I'm having with Mariah right now on the People Good Doing Good podcast, you know, I wanted to to let y'all in on, on how 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 she was when she was a teenager. These are the young years when I start off with the athletic side of this whole thing. When you're getting your life together, and you know what, you don't let anything hold you back. You, you even traveled. I mean, you stopped playing sports. You went into the acting. You traveled abroad, and since you've been back here, there are some amazing things about this young lady that I'm having this conversation with, and I just gotta let you know. You know, she is the founder and the CEO, the executive director of Shoes for Kids. She's the creator and the engine that drives the People Doing Good <laughs> podcast. <laughs> and you know what? She's got that entrepreneur thing in her, and she has her own company, the CEO of PE Express 101. I like that, the PE Express 101. And Mariah, so yes. let people know how they can get a ticket to board the PE Express <laughs> 101. God, I need to like hire you to do some advertising for me with the <laughs> introductions. Um, you know, we have a website. You can you can find it, you know, on Facebook. If you're not on Facebook, it's peexpress101.com and um, my contact information's there. Most people, you can book through the website, but you know, it's it's kind of been a lot of word of mouth. People who I already know or already know me or I've taught their kids and they tell a friend and people reach out to me pretty directly. Yeah. So um, okay. I'm not going to say my phone number like oh, here no, on the no. Okay, so let me ask you this: you, <laughs> What's what? What is one of the more rewarding, or what's the experience that you have being out there, outside doing the the, the PE Express with people? It's got to oh, be. Rewarding. I will answer that question. Yes, I I pinch myself some days during this quarantine because I feel so lucky to get the work that I, I get to do the work that I do and, and to be around these human beings that are amazing. And, you know, because I work with kids, I'll have a day where my youngest client's 10 years old and my oldest client is in their eighties and I'm working on balance with them in a park, you know, or and kids are running around doing this or that. But, you know, Wednesdays in particular, um, like today are just make me, make me so happy. I, I do a, you know, the educational pods that some parents have put together for their kids cause they can't go to school this year. There's a pod of six ninth grade girls. And I've talked to you about this group of girls before you met Marlo and Abby, they sat in on a podcast episode with yes. us. She was eating cereal or something. Marlo <laughs> with the mac and cheese recipe. Yeah. With the mac and cheese. Right. That's so, what, yeah. So this group of girls, three of the six of them, I was their PE teacher from kindergarten to sixth grade. And I've known, I've watched them grow up and they're all becoming young women. And they're so inspiring to be around. I meet them in the park. We meet under a tree. I lay out six yoga mats and a battle rope and a kettlebell and a medicine ball and just get them moving through a circuit. And they always have such positive attitudes and good energy. And another thing I love about Wednesdays is Ben and Ben is I'm actually going to be going to meet Ben at three o'clock today. He is a young man who's 21 and he's uh, autistic 
And he actually just this week for the first time moved out of his family home into another group situation. And I told his mom, oh, dude, you, you're going to, it's going to be a tough day for you. But and it's his birthday today. So I get together with Ben once a week and we just exercise. And, and it's always different. You know, sometimes we go to a park and we swing and we talk. He loves to shoot hoops. He's he was uh, he talks a lot about how he was um, he has a gold medal from the Special Olympics and oh, he's a champion. Awesome. And I just get to spend time with him and multiple other people. And Wednesday evening usually ends in um, the backyard of a family that I train. I train the mother, the father, and the two daughters out by their pool in their backyard. And they're wonderful people. We listen to music and the whole family it's not past me that this family is bonding and having this special time together that they will always remember. And I kind of get to be witness to that, you know, while I yell at them and make them do push-ups and burpees. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's been during this difficult time, I feel like I had a really special year in so many ways, really getting to spend time with people and get to know them and help them feel good about their health and their lives. And it just makes me happy. You know, that is truly awesome. It really is. Because I know how you like to make people feel good and you like to bring joy and happiness to people. And like you mentioned, you know, it's been a difficult year for everybody. And, you know, during this, while we're in this pandemic, you know, in the podcasts that we do, you know, we bring in people that are doing things, good things, and we, we, we deal with uh parents having to deal with their kids, you know, during schooling. So during this, during this time, how are your sons doing? How are they handling the school situation during this pandemic? You know, just remarkable, to be honest with you, because I work with, you know, a lot of different kids. I've got like about 20 something different kids that I see regularly during the week. And, and many of them really are struggling. Grades have gone down. They're struggling with some depression, this and that, understandably. My boys, um, you know, Lucas started his freshman year at Annalee and his report card came and it was six A pluses and one A minus. And we're like, I love it. What's this A minus? What's this doing here? <laughs> I need to call somebody. No, he's, you know, my, my older son, Lucas, is a little more on the introverted side. Um, and he's just killing distance learning. He prefers it, I think. He just, in his room's all set up. He's got the two computer screens. And I hear him on his headset in his class and then laughing with his friends, you know, making fun of the teacher. Sometimes he doesn't know I can hear him. Um, but I, I'm just so impressed. And then Levi also, you know, he's also a straight A student. Um, and Levi's more social and was in sports and it's been a little harder on him, but he's got that sort of, you know how I have that, I'm just an optimist. It's, I've got fight uh -huh. nature, I'm, I, I'm a positive thinker. Levi's that way too. He's just mm -hmm. finds the best and he's just been real sweet about it. So, you know, the struggle not being able to really see his friends, poor little guy, yeah. um, but they're doing really well. Okay, well, really you know, good. I'm, you know what, I'm proud of him with all those A's. I'm, I'm really proud of your sons. You know, I really am. You know, um, you know how I know how passionate you are about a lot of things, and and when I talk to you, when I see you, I mean, we've been seeing, knowing each other for several years now, and there's mm -hmm. this there's this spirit that comes out. Where does your spirituality come from, Mariah? <laughs> um, you know, when I was growing up, my dad was very very spiritual guy. You know, he would 
he would read a lot. He read a lot of Carlos Castaneda and teachings of Don Juan. And, you know, he would be out meditating on a rock in the creek where we lived when we lived up near Mount Shasta. Um, and so that was sort of around me and in my life growing up. And then as I've gotten older, I've, I've read a lot of spiritual books over the okay. years. And then over the last several years, I started regularly attending the Enmanji Buddhist temple. I became a temple member in Sebastopol. Shout out Enmanji. Kevin Village Stone was on the podcast. Remember Kevin? Yes, I remember. The story I remember. of the turtle. Remember? Oh, I love that. So, so for me, that that Buddhism teachings um, really just helped me manage the day to day and stay present and be grateful. And I've got my two tattoos on my left inner wrist. I've got in Japanese. I have now presence, and on my right wrist, I've got in Karuk, which is the Native American tribe my family derives from. I have the word yutva. You know, you heard that before? Yutva. And that means thank you in Native American. So I always have these reminders if I ever start to feel stressed or, you know, if I'm, my attitude isn't quite set right, just have a little glance down at my wrists. Yeah, but you know, if I did, I'd, I'd, I definitely have to get some bright colors because I see yeah. a lot of brothers rolling around with tattoos. He just looks like somebody spilled oil on them. If I'm gonna <laughs> go to that, if I'm gonna go through that pain, I want everybody to see see what it is. But you know what though, I'm just I'm I'm am I'm, 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 I'm not gonna say a sissy, but when it comes, I don't like pain, you know. Okay. And everybody, you know, and, and getting tattoos is is something that's kind of painful. So, Mariah, let me ask you this. You know what mm -hmm. you. Uh, who was it or, 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 or has it been someone in your family that, 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 that has influenced you into being the person you are? You know what I mean? It's who's made a big difference? It might be several people. Is there someone that you might, you know, that you've idolized your whole life or you've tried to pattern their way of thinking and the way oh, they treat totally. other people? I have your answer. Um, yes, that would be my granny, Gloria Gervasoni. Rest okay. in peace. GG, we called her Granny Goose. Um, Granny Goose, I love that, Granny Goose. Granny Goose was, well, you know, her energy is still present, so let's just say is. She's yeah. she just uh, always kind, always with a great sense of humor. She was so funny. Um, and That's where you got it from then. Huh? A great nurturer. She was in the kitchen. She was the one, and I have this habit now too, where you're feeding people and you're up and down getting stuff for other people. You're not sitting down with everyone. And everyone would always be like, sit down, granny, you know, sit down. But I love to serve people food and entertain. And, and um, that's, I, I feel like I got that part from her. I have all her cookbooks. That's one of the things I wanted from her. I've got a big box of all her cookbooks and they have her own personal notes in them handwriting, which i love so i can go and find a recipe and see what she changed about it and what her notes were which Aww. is cool but she gloria kind-hearted um kind-hearted funny generous and she always greets you with a smile and you never know like she could have been having bad days lots of those times right. and you never would have known you know, well, you're like that, Mariah. You're like that too. No one will ever know because you're always bringing that positivity and been putting smiles on people's face. Listen, I know we got to roll out of here, but you know what? If you had three wishes, what would it be? If there was a genie in a bottle at your front door, what would you, what would your three wishes be? This is the Miss America pageant. There we um, go. That's right. <laughs> uh, three wishes. Yeah, or you can just take one of them. You have three. You don't have to use them all, but just pick out one of them. 
Uh, that's a hard one. Let me think. Um, I would wish that both of my boys have long, healthy lives, happy, happy lives, and um, get to become grandparents and all of that. Great grandparents, even. Um, a wish for the planet is that that we would start taking better care of it for our kids, our future generations, and just being aware that this earth that we live on is everything, you know, and we need to treat it that way. So that's two. Um, and then just maybe more wishes or <laughs> someone <laughs> yeah, to pay off good. my car. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Hey, I also want to mention, let everybody know that Mariah, I know how busy you are and you are a trustee on the uh, Sebastopol Union School District Board. And, yeah. you know, you're so busy and, you know, but you always find time to make a difference in people's lives. And uh, that's what I really, truly appreciate about you, appreciate about you, you know, your kindness and, and, and you're willing to, to give, to make people happy. And, you know, the interesting thing about people doing good podcasts, it's about us bringing positive people that are doing good. And there's no better person to have this conversation with than the good person that you are. So Mariah, thank you thank so you. much for this conversation. <laughs> I really, truly appreciate it. Thank you, Jerry. I appreciate you and our podcast. And it was cool to be the guest. Um, you asked good questions, Jer. Um, so anyone listening, just to remind you, we're on social media at One Good Podcast, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We need to get updating those sites a little bit more frequently. Um, we are here, though. You can reach out to us at peopledoinggoodpodcast at gmail.com if you have a guest idea. If you are listening and you have a product or a business that you want to get the good word out about, we're always open to sponsorships and we'd love to talk about what you do and share with our people. And Jerry and I are going to continue spreading positivity once a week, every Monday, check in and we will have a podcast drop that you can listen to and maybe just uh, make your day a little bit better. And I appreciate you listening and I appreciate you, Jerry. And it's starting to rain. It's starting to rain. And before the rain comes down, let me just share a few words from Mr. Robinson's neighborhood. Okay. The ultimate victory is to be on that stairway to heaven. Ooh. Thank you for listening to this episode of the People Doing Good podcast. Y'all have a great day. See ya. The People Doing Good podcast is brought to you by Shoes for Kids. For more info, visit shoesforkids.com. It is created and hosted by Mariah Volk and Jerry Robinson. Produced and edited by Charlene Goto of Goto Productions. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment wherever you get your podcast media. Follow on social media at One Good Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Email us at peopledoinggoodpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time.